Welcome to Love Lessons. I'm your host, Jay Hurt. Thanks for joining. So you can find me on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also find me on Stitcher and TuneIn. Also, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Nine Tenants. I'm on Instagram at Coaching. I'm also on Facebook. You can also find me around the web as I write for different sites. So I'm happy to be back on a Love Lessons podcast. I haven't done one in a while. So today I want to discuss a topic that is really important to me as you guys know that listen to my podcast. My foundation is truly a biblical worldview, right? So everything I do, all of my thoughts, all of my information, my research, it all has definitely a biblical foundation and the word, everything I say is based in the word. So the first thing I want to mention tonight is that I want to put a footnote here. This podcast is for believers. So if you're a believer, I hope you definitely get a lot out of what I have to say tonight. If you're not a believer, feel free to skip over this one. If you're also not a believer, I hope that you do listen and that you get something from this. But I just want you to understand that this is really designed to empower my brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So that said, my topic for tonight is how can you have a relationship without God in it? And this is both for single folks and married folks. And there'll be some things that I touch on in both cases, right? So I have about 10 things that I want to touch on. I may go a little bit over that, but there are a few things that I want to make sure that we recognize that are incredibly important and just powerful when we have a relationship and how incredible it is to have God in the middle of our relationship. And how can we even consider having a relationship without God in it if we're believers, right? So the first thing is, to trust and believe his word. Point blank, period. So trusting his word, believing his word, right? That's the core foundation of what Christianity is. It's all about believing what Christ taught us when he came to the earth. It's about believing what the Bible says. It's about believing the word. And one of the ways that you do that is through faith, right? So you have to have faith that God has his best out there for you. And I mean, you have to exert that faith. You have to show that faith, a thought along that line of thinking. So what if your mate is doing something that doesn't line up with how you believe? Something important, right? So if it doesn't line up with your belief system, it doesn't line up with your values, Where is this really going? And then I would ask you the same question of yourself. So if there are things that you are doing that don't line up with your own beliefs, what are you doing? You're sabotaging your relationship. You're taking God out of your relationship because you're going against his word. You're going against what you believe. You're going against, I should say, what you claim to believe. 
But here's the thing. When we truly have a belief, when we truly have a value system, that means our actions are lining up with our words, right? So if your actions aren't lining up with your words and what you believe with your relationship, whether it's a dating relationship or a marriage, there's something wrong. And that's something you need to step back and assess. Here's the second thing. So faith is not a game. So many people play faith, right? It's like playing Monopoly or playing dominoes. It's like they play faith. Yeah, I have this faith for this car. I have this faith for this house. Or I'm going to get this money or, or whatever it is. Here's the thing about faith. Faith is a belief in things unseen. And I'm going to touch on this a bit more later. But you have to display your faith. Right. You've got to put your faith out there for everybody to see. So think about this in a relationship, in the context of a relationship. The Christian walk is not about what you can't do. It's about the parameters for the blessing. Right. So God is showing you if you do these things and you stay in these parameters, there's a blessing here that I have for you. It's not walls meant to block you from this fun and this party and this great life that you're going to miss. That's not it at all. God's not trying to block you from your blessing. He's the one who's providing your blessing, right? Real talk. So if that's the case, you have to put your faith on display to receive that blessing. And what I mean by that is, as I step into the next segment, Faith without works is dead, right? So Paul wrote that. And here's what that really means. That means that your belief system, your values, your core foundation as a believer should be on display every single day in your relationship, whether you're dating or whether you're married, right? It's just that simple. And some examples of ways to display that faith are simply the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. Let's talk about those briefly. So you want to be loving and you want to display love. You want to display it in a way that your partner can receive it. You want to display your love in your partner's love language. You want to be joyful. You want to show that joy. You want your partner to know your mate, your spouse, your wife, your husband, makes you happy. You want them to see that. And you definitely want to be peaceful, right? You want to bring that aura, that mindset to your household. You want that energy of peace around you as much as possible. Also, we display our faith in goodness. We display our faith in kindness. We display our faith in faithfulness, right? So just simply being good and being kind and being faithful to one another, right? Those are the things, those are the ways that we're able to put our faith on display for our mate, for our wives, for our husbands, for our significant other to see. This is who we are and this is what we're doing. And this is our expectation as well, right? But you want to start with yourself, right? So you've got to do these things. Some other fruits of the spirit, also very important, gentleness, right? So you want to have a gentle spirit. You want to have self-control, so important, especially in the context of marriage, right? Long-suffering, the one nobody wants to hear, right? So long-suffering, if your partner is sick or your partner is going through something or there's something going on with you, 
that's a fruit of the spirit you've got to walk through too. And, and as I tell my friends, you don't have to look for it. It's coming, right? But you've got to understand that long suffering is a part of this journey and you need to be able to walk that out with your mate as well. And I wanted to add two more. So one, especially for our men, servant leadership. You can put your faith on display every single day by servant leadership in your household or with your soon-to-be wife, right? When you lead by serving, when you lead by putting her needs first, when you lead by being selfless, when you lead by checking in to see what she needs, that is a servant leader. That's who Christ was, and that's who you want to be. You want to be a servant leader. And I know this one might catch some blowback, and that's fine. But also, wives, I need my wives to be submissive, to have the spirit of submission, right? Submission is not a bad thing. I've got a Love Note podcast on here. If you want to dig more into submission, feel free to find that and check out my thoughts on submission. But the key is submission is not a four-letter word. Submission is another way of saying support your husband. Show him how much you love him and care for him and how important he is by being submissive to the goals for the team as a marriage, right? So have that faith. Display that faith. That is so, so, so important to every relationship. Another point is to allow the word to be a guide in your relationship. Plain and simple, right? Get in the Bible. Get in the word. Hear it read it, understand it, study it for yourself, right? It's great to hear it from speakers. I listen to a lot of sermons online. I go to different churches, listen to a lot of different folks. As a great speaker once said, it's good to be spoon-fed this, but you also need to really get in and dig in and eat it for yourself. You really need to have that personal relationship with Christ and that personal relationship with God to understand how the Word can guide you, both of you, in your relationship. Also understand that the Bible gives us practical information for life's challenges. So when you're going through things, you can get in the word together and you can find some things that help you walk that out, right? Stuck in a rut and you have a manual, so to speak, for life, which we do. Open that manual, dig into that manual. It's a good thing. It's here for us. It's here to help us. It's not here to harm us. It's not here to take away any fun. It's not here to lock us out. It is here to truly open the way for us to be sought and light for other folks, but we have to be ready, able, and willing to use it, right? Here's one that we have some interesting conversations about throughout the country, right? So do not be yoked. Do not be tied with unbelievers. So think about this. If you're a Christian and you marry a Muslim, it doesn't have to be that extreme. If you're Church of Christ and you marry Jehovah Witness, so you have two different doctrines, two different theologies, two different ways of looking at the world. Now, in truth, you two are not unbelievers, but the reality of it is you are about as unevenly yoked in a lot of cases as a Christian and a Muslim, and maybe even more so, right? You need to understand what this looks like. You need to have those tough conversations. The thing about it is it's really not that tough. When you sit down and you start talking and you start working through some of these things, 
to understand, you know, what do holidays look like? What is your belief system about worship? How do we deal with certain things? How do you look at certain things? Your partner may be totally different than you. Their mindset may be totally different. Their foundation is going to be different. The world is going to look different. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, but you need to truly find where you're unevenly yoked. Because if you're unevenly yoked, it's going to be very, very challenging. And the Bible is giving us a guideline to make that better for you. Christ is not trying to keep us from enjoying life, but to give us life and life more abundantly. And if you're constantly struggling in your relationship because of reasons you don't have to struggle, why do that? Why take God out of our relationship? Let's keep him in it and allow him to help us make the right decisions, right? Here's another point. So a man who loves his wife loves himself, right? He does. If you really love your wife like you say you do, keep some things in mind. So you and her joined together are one. I think Paul says that's one of the mysteries of life. And I know sometimes as men, we probably think it is as well. But the fact of the matter is you're one. Now treat her like she's number one. Treat her like she's first. Pray with her and over her, right? Keep her first place spiritually. Keep her first place physically as well. Keep her first place in the physical realm. Make sure to give your body to your wife, right? Because your body is not your own. Your body is your wife's and vice versa. So don't withhold sex from your wife. She deserves that. That's a promise that you made by marrying her and don't withhold that. Don't even give Satan a remote opportunity to come into your marriage. We're going to keep him out. That's not where he belongs, right? Another point along this same line, under the same topic, is guys, leave your father and mother. Let them go. Love them. Take care of them if you have to. But the mama's boy thing, the daddy's boy thing, it's over. It's done. You can still love your mom. You can be there for your mom. You can do most things that you did before for your mom. But what you won't do is put your mother and your father before your wife, period. Non-negotiable. Your parents won't like that. They won't want to hear this. They'll be like, I'm crazy. He's tripping. But this is what it is. Leave your father and your mother to cleave to your wife, period. It's non-negotiable. And this is how we move forward and we build stronger and stronger families. And here's the really cool thing. Great parents understand this anyway. They're trying to raise great adults. They're not trying to raise children. They're trying to raise fantastic adults. So that's where you're going to get to anyway. Another point that I think is really sometimes overlooked, the Bible says wives respect your husbands. I'm going to add another point on top of that. If you're not married, ladies, respect your man. And some folks might say, well, we're not married. We're not there yet. But I'm here to tell you that the person that you are doesn't just totally flip and become another person. Just take a 180 turn the day that you get married, right? You need to build on who you are and if you think there's a chance you're going to be with this man you should be respecting him you should be respectful anyway right but it's not just being respectful it's about respecting his position it's about respecting him as the person that will be the head of your household or if your wife the person that is the head of your household so respect him just as he is loving you he should be respect him and honor him And he will reciprocate and he will realize that he'll take that to heart and that he will do the things that he's supposed to do in turn. But it's not about a quid pro quo. 
It's about you doing what you need to do, which is really respecting your husband. We need more of that today in our society, especially for believers. Point number eight, Christ humbled himself even to the point of death. So should you. Humility removes pride, which is one of the easiest problems to develop in a relationship. We get prideful. We get full of ourselves, right? So a lot of times there is no humility, especially when we're having problems. We're just in the middle of a struggle and we're trying to work it out and humility is out the window. It just totally disappears. But humility is the thing that we can come back to many times and say, you know what? It's not about me just standing up for myself and doing these different things to try to get a point across. It's not about that. It's about us being able to go to bed and be happy tonight and not be upset with each other. This is a little thing in the grand scheme of things. Humility is key to every successful marriage. Being right is never more important than the love we have for our mate. It just isn't. So there are times when you may be right, but you need to let it go. Because being right is never more important than your marriage. If you have a relationship that you really enjoy and that you really love and you're not married yet, being right is not more important than that relationship either. There are times when you need to step back and be humble and simply say, you know what, this is not a battle I need to fight. Let's move on. Learn to humble yourself more often than not. So here's a great idea, right? So if God is in your relationship, why would you invite the devil, right? Because we do that sometimes. If God is your foundation, why even consider bringing the devil into the relationship? So think about this. If you're not married, why are you hanging out with your significant other late at night? Why would you be alone in places that you could be compromised sexually. Make your intentions clear with that person and allow that person the opportunity to proceed accordingly. And what I mean by that is, so if you have certain guidelines or certain values that you're not gonna compromise, let them know that. And if they're not happy with that, then Maybe they're not the right person because they don't fit your value system and belief system anyway. And what will happen is those character challenges will show up later. So it doesn't have to be about sex or it doesn't have to be about something else that, you know, is developing before the relationship. It may be a flaw that shows up after the relationship and you'll still have the same problem. And that's not what we want, right? So another thought is to avoid the appearance of impropriety. Right. So you don't want the devil to even have an opportunity. And I know that may sound cliche, but it's true. Anything where an opportunity for something small to spoil what you have, you know, one apple can spoil the bunch. Just eliminate those options. You know, avoid the appearance of being with the wrong person in the wrong place. That kind of thing. Your marriage is worth so much more than that. Avoid the appearance of impropriety. Don't say the wrong thing to another person. Don't say something that they can misconstrue, right? Keep those things in mind. Don't invite the devil to the party. He's going to try to come and crash it anyway, so let's keep him out of it. And my final point is to put God first corporately in your relationships and individually. And I have some thoughts here. You'll want to give a shot. So pray together right? That's so important. Make the time to pray with your spouse. Make the time to pray with your boo. Make the time to spend that spiritual time together to build that spiritual cohesiveness, period. Meditate. Listen 
to the word of God. And I would say listen to the word of God together when there's time, right? Study the word together. Bible study is important. So you find that there are things where you may not be on the same page, where you get on the same page because you're studying together. You're learning together, right? Fellowship with others. That's incredibly, incredibly important as well because you want to be around other believers. You want people to pour into you. You want to be able to pour into them. But here's the thing. People lift each other up. As believers, we need to be lifting each other up along that same line. Worship together, right? So my wife told me, she said, you know what? I need to see how you worship. Oh, I love that woman so much. We need to be a part of that worship experience together. We need to see what that looks like. We need to learn how to worship, how to be a part of the experience with God in each other's presence. Here's a thought. Kingdom build together. So Christ said to go and make disciples of the world. Do that with one another. There are other ways to kingdom build, right? So serve other people. Sacrifice for others. Give to other people. Do whatever you can to glorify the kingdom because the way that we spread the word is not so much about what we tell other folks about Christ. Most everyone on the planet has heard his name, but it's how we show who he is through our actions to the rest of the world. So kingdom build together. Here's one you don't hear that often anymore. Honor the vows to each other, right? So you have to honor the vows that you gave to one another and to God, period. Remember those vows. If you need to recite them, go back and look at the wedding tape and say them from time to time, that's fine. Just remember that you did this for better or worse in sickness and in health till death do us part, period. That's not for play. That's real talk. There's not much more real than you can say in your life than the vows that you give to your spouse. Honor those vows. Here's one that to me, it's just, this is what marriage is made of. Be willing to sacrifice everything for your marriage. If you got to give up the house, if you got to give up the car, if you got to move to another state, whatever you got to do to sacrifice for your marriage, that's what you got to do. That's just what it is. There's no other option. You make the decision ahead of time that we're in this forever. Think about it before you do it. Divorce is not an option. We're in this forever. And forever means till we die. And since forever means till we die, now we've made the commitment that no matter what, we're going to sacrifice for each other. That's it. That's all it is. We're going to sacrifice. So be prepared to give up everything you have to, to make your marriage work spouse will love you unconditionally forever for that type of commitment. So again, I've enjoyed it. I've had a great time. Continue to look for me to provide love lessons twice per month. And let me close with this. So give everything you have, everything you are, and everything you plan to be over to God, and he will take care of the rest.